everybody. Long overdue, but we are back. It's American Scouser coming at you once again. Took a little bit of hiatus over the holiday period as the games kind of get a little crazy, and we're also kind of restructuring our format. Added a bunch of new talent to the blog, as well as really focused in on honing uh, the Facebook pages and just making those great places to find content. Uh, changed our website a little bit as well. Um, added some easier links and um, some good resources for fans. So that's where we've been, but we are back now. This is Gordon. With me, I've got Tamuchin. How are you doing? Uh, pretty good, sir. Excellent. I've got Chris with me as well. Awesome. How you guys and Jamie, how's it going? Great, man. <laughs> Not too bad. Good. Good to be back. Um, so we will go in quickly. Obviously, we had a uh, it, it really fortuitous time to, to get back in the swing of things as we had a Merseyside Derby where Everton came to Anfield, their favorite place to play, and uh, our academy team beat them. <laughs> so <laughs> quickly, we'll, like, we'll just get into your first thoughts from the game, uh, things that you took away, um, just kind of a brief highlight, and then we can get into some, some stats. So, Timuchin, what do you think of the game? I mean, man, it was amazing, wasn't it? It's just, I mean, it has to be the ultimate embarrassment for them. I mean, if you put yourself in their shoes, it's a major disaster. But I personally expected more of a mix. Uh, like, for the squads, I thought they would be... Like, I figured, like, there would be some of the young kids out there, but I thought it would be some more of the, like, the defensive line. I figured maybe, like, Van Dyke would still be in there and stuff like that. But so kind of shocked to see the lineup. And I kind of expected the game to be similar to the Villa game where we play Liverpool football and, you know, the kids do their thing. I definitely did not expect the results. Uh, but that second half dominance, like literally dominance over their starting ideal lineup was just amazing. Like, it's very impressive. I mean, it's a great time to be a fan of this team. And it's amazing to see this is our second team, ultimately. And they play the same exact way, same intensity, same style. And, I mean, the future is so bright. It's almost like, how are we going to fit these kids in down the road? I mean, it's a great problem to have. Yeah, it's it's almost a, um, a little window shopping for the rest of the league to take a look at what we got and and use that money to buy some other talent. But, uh, Chris, what do you think of the game? Oh, well, my biggest surprise of the game was probably Ox coming in because he looked amazing. I mean, he was quick on his feet. He was gliding past defenders. And he, Curtis Jones, and uh, drawing a blank. And Origi on that left side, they were just absolutely tearing them apart. I mean, the watching Curtis Jones and then <coughs> sorry, uh, Curtis Jones and uh, Harvey Elliott. I mean, they are just these kids are amazing. I mean, they were more physical, faster, better on the ball, better off the ball. I mean, this is a generally not too terrible. You know, Everton side, they weren't that bad in the league last year. And these kids are just making them look awful. Yeah, it was it was good to see. Um, it, like Timuchin had said, it's was a young squad. When I saw the lineup, I wasn't expecting too much, but we definitely gave them a game. But 
that's our favorite thing to do. Jamie, what did you take take from it? Yeah, I mean, like the guy said, it was it was the second team, and it really was like uh, like Chris just alluded to. Very very surprised to see Ox step in, but um, you know we can sit and talk about the the lineup all night and the the nine changes, and you know nobody would have expected that, but. Um, Quite a lot of the the new boys shone through there, really. Like you know, for to be thrown in at the deep end there, they they really came out looking good. So we can uh, people like Curtis Jones stole the show. You know what a what a finish that was. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if any of you guys caught, but uh, somebody from uh, just they were like sitting in line with the eighteen yard box, and uh, they were filming the game. And Mane is like warming up on the sideline, and and Curtis Jones hits that ball, and Mane just goes nuts on the sideline. It's just literally just embodying what everybody else felt. It was it was probably my favorite video from the game. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, you would you would mention there were nine changes. The only players that played against Sheffield and started today were uh, Milner and Gomez. Obviously, Lana came on as a sub, and Harvey Elliott came on, and Ariga came on as a sub, but those guys get to start. Um, yeah. What I think the one thing that, that I thought about was we've got this massive win streak at Anfield, you know, unbeaten. Um, it sort of feels like at times things like that can loom over a team. And when Klopp goes and plays a crosstown rival and you're expecting him to put a tough team out because I mean, that was, that was Everton's first team. And when you see the lineup from Liverpool, the only thing that I felt was that it, it literally, it doesn't take the pressure off of us because I think as Timuchin alluded to, it's like, oh, great. Well, here goes another Aston Villa game where I think we, we just get, we try our best, we get played off the pitch. But I think it, it takes a lot of pressure off of the team. So Klopp really views it as like, who cares if we, if we lose at Anfield every once in a while? It, that's not what's important. What's important is getting over the line. And I think that that the lineup that he chose says more for the players than it does it does for the fans. And I mean, the fact that we just get the win is just a bonus. But Tamuchin, what do you think that this means for Everton? And to, I mean, like this is their first team. Is is it a bigger win for us, or is it a bigger loss for them? I agree. I mean, it shows how far away they are. I mean, I'm sure like Angelotti is watching that, thinking, "Holy cow, I got a lot to do." Um, and also, I mean, I think it speaks a lot about how Liverpool has taken care of their business. I mean, when I say that, I mean, in terms of what, you know, Jurgen Klopp has done since he's come along, making sure every youth level team plays exactly like the top team, same style, same way. I mean, you can kind of tell despite all, you know, like nine changes, I mean, you watch the the. You know, you watch the game and you can kind of tell, like, these guys know exactly what to do, where to go and stuff like that. Despite their age, despite the lack of experience, I mean, that has been drilled into them. The counter-pressing, the movements, the hard work, like the high work rate and everything like that. And I think that's what's so impressive, whereas it kind of showed Everton, I think, how far off they are from it. I mean, you have your ideal lineup. And I agree. The... It was smart to feel this lineup because it does put all the pressure on Everton. Because, I mean, they probably start the game thinking, 
we better not lose this one. We'll never hear the end of it, and they never will. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, it does put the pressure on them. And I think it was that's why it was kind of smart to have Minamino start. It could be lack of options. I guess Brewster could have started probably instead. But I think it kind of brought the crowd into the game too and got everybody a bit more excited about it as opposed to fielding just the youth where like having the stadium a bit more calmer. I mean, it's the Everton game. They're going to be loud. But I think it brought like a huge excitement onto the field. Anytime he's touched the ball and stuff, you know, the expectations, you know, the excitement anytime he, he like he's on the ball and stuff like that. So I think it brought the crowd into the game and I mean if you're an Everton fan you must be thinking holy cow we got a long way to go and and they do and it just shows that that's what was the most satisfying thing to me is you just sit and watch there these are kids in our youth system making these guys uh, like they're just like dominating them with their play the confidence that they showed comes from the confidence I think Klopp gives them and what he thinks of them I mean, it's just like, could you write a better scenario in terms of where the club, where you want, would you, where would you want your football club, the shape to be in? I mean, it's like we're the European champions, we're the world champions. We're gonna win this freaking league too, and we're gonna be like the England champions. And then you look and you look at this youth team; it's gonna keep coming. It's not gonna end. Yeah, definitely bright future ahead of us. Um, Jamie, when you saw how Everton lined up and, and you know how um, Ancelotti sets up his Napoli team, it's been so frustrating for us. Were you, were you worried at all that we wouldn't be able to break him down? What worries me is Ancelotti's coolness. Like He just seems to look and personify just total calmness at sometimes, even when he's irate. Like, I don't know, it, it, it's a strange one, him at Everton, like it really is, it hasn't sunk in, but um, like Dimension said, he's got his hands full, but um, he, who knows, he may have bitten off more than he can chew, but I mean, I don't know what their aspirations are, but it, they have the bones of a, a few decent players, like, you know, the the, the Blue Shites obviously love uh, Dania and, and Richarlison and, and blah, 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 they didn't play too bad today, Um but uh, yeah, they're 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 a team in trouble right now, and you know you listen to the cop and they'll sing since 1995. You haven't won a trophy, so like it's 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 rubbing it in their face every time, every day, every chance they get. You know, across the street, the banter must be great. Like so, the the toffees are just they must be raging tonight. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go and then they got to face my work tomorrow too, which is the worst part. Yeah, I'd be calling in sick, no problem. <laughs> Chris, when you saw that, I we brought in two players. I mean, Nate Phillips we own, but we recalled him on, on loan just with the, the lack of center-back options at, at this point. Were you surprised to see him slotted in so quickly? And uh, what, how do you think he did next to Gomez? Uh, the way Klopp's been setting up his lineups this year, I don't think anything's really surprising me anymore. I mean, it's, you know, when I watch other shows doing their, you know, uh, their starting 11 predictions, when I'm trying to figure out what he's going to do, I, I just stop trying to figure it out and just kind of just go with it now. So I wasn't really surprised to see him in. But, uh, I mean, to be honest, it 
I thought he played great coming right into the lineup. I mean, playing center back is probably one of the the least involved as far as the game plan goes. I mean, you can play center back at one team. You can probably play center back at any team. And, uh, I mean, really, like, I, I was... I wasn't really surprised. I was more happy to see the way Gomez stepped up and took control of the back line. But uh, all these guys like that, you know, are making their first team appearances with the exception of the Aston Villa game. But like Pedro Shiravella, Nat Phillips, and Nico Williams, I thought those guys were playing out of their minds today. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the with the uh, you know, like the like we were just saying about how uh, Ancelotti has given us a lot of trouble. You know, his thing was always uh, stopping Trent and Robbo from going forward by attacking at them. Well, you can't stop them from going forward if they don't play. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I was just looking at some stats. I mean, Nico Williams and uh, Yasir Larucci, they almost, you know, played identical to what you would expect from Trent and Robbo. You know, uh, LaRucci had two key passes. Nico Williams had two shots, one on target. So, you know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I I was just, you know, completely elated with the way these guys played. The back line, I, I mean, I thought Everton actually had more chances than we did, especially in the first half, but... The way they came back and up playing, there weren't any saves that were, you know, there was nothing that Adrian couldn't handle easily. Yeah, I think that's that's a good transition. I was going to bring it up eventually, but we'll go we'll dig into it now. What a fantastic and super low key signing that Adrian was in the beginning of the year. I mean, he did make he he made one good save. It was sort of point blank and right at him. I think. Uh, even if he didn't put his hands up, I think he would smack them right in the chest. But he made a, a save right before that with his feet and uh, really kept us in the game. Tamuchin, how does it feel that we've got we've got Adrian behind Allison? I mean, do you even remember what it feels like to have Mignolet and, and Karius back there? Yeah, those are those were some like nightmare days, weren't they? Actually, I was looking at some like uh, as I was getting ready, I was looking at like the squad, like who we have on the like overall squad, like who we would lose over the summer and stuff. And that's where I saw Carrius. I'm like, oh, that's right, we still have him. <laughs> He's officially still like a Liverpool player. But yeah, I mean, Adrian has been huge, and you would not think he would play as big of a role as he has this season. So, like, when the, at the end of the season, I mean, there are some players we have that at the end of the season, I mean, obviously everybody contributes in some level or another, but if you think about it, when you look back to the season in the Premier League, and, you know, as far as we go, I mean, we won the Super Cup with the dude. I mean, he has had a lot of impact in the success as well. He wasn't just there for the ride. He has been part of the success, which I think, I mean, what a finds. And... Uh, yeah, it's great to be able to know your backup goal. I mean, I never get the same feeling when Adrian is in goal that I got when, yeah, like you're saying, like when Mignolet and Karius was called in there. Every ball that got crossed in was, I mean, I got into a panic mode because you knew it was going to be chaos. I mean, obviously the defensive, the team is a lot better. Right? I, I, you know, that's obviously a part of it, but making some crucial saves, 
I think, yeah, at the end of the season, we're going to look back and I think it's going to be the key improvement that we probably made in the off season. Cause really we had a kind of like a quiet off season anyway, except like adding some youth. But one thing I want to go back on, you know, we were talking about like Angelotti and, you know, like how they played and stuff like that. And I know, you know, there was a lot of discussion before the game about, you know, you know, he comes over to Everton and, you know, he's like the only way to beat Liverpool is score more than them, you know, like some key sticking <laughs> formation. You know, the guy obviously, you know, was successful as a Napoli coach, not ultimately successful, obviously, because we were able to get past them when we needed to, but, you know, was able to slow us down and give us a hard time. But uh, the squad of Napoli is not the squad of Everton. I mean, there's a huge quality difference. So you need the quality of players to be able to do something. I mean, having Koulibaly out back there as opposed to Mina is night and day. And what <laughs> I found shocking is, and I know, you know, ultimately you want to establish a certain way and you want to keep playing with it. You know, Pep does it. You know, even if it doesn't work, you just keep going at it, going at it, going at it. And I know he's trying to establish something. I just was shocked that they kept beating a dead horse and trying to build play from the back with the likes of like Mina and the whole gate and stuff like that, who are not really good at it. And they kept turning the ball over. Whereas that was, I think the only time like Phillips got exposed is when they come, came up with long balls in the air. It was really, we couldn't win a lot of those long balls. We were kind of like small back there. That's when we missed Van Dyke, but they kept beating a dead horse and trying to do it instead of trying to go along and give us a hard time. And I mean, I don't know you would think they would want some short-term success. I mean, this was their, isn't their only shot pretty much at now getting a trophy? Yeah, that's it. Isn't, that's it for another year. So, that. Yeah, so you would think, you know, they would be like, you know what, like the hell with it. Let's get past this, you know, while he kind of like establishes the way they want him to play. I mean, you gotta, I understand you have a sort of method, but you kind of have to adjust your method to the players you have too. I mean, hey, more power to him. It helped us out. I just, I just found that odd as I watched the game. It was almost like he was working for us a little bit, where he was like doing exactly what we needed him to do, trying to build that ball from the back and kept turning it over. And that's how we really built the pressure, whereas our kids were like controlling possession, moving the ball around. That's what they're confident with. I thought it was, I, don't get me wrong, I think it was a huge success for Everton to get that guy in the long run. I mean, out of all the coaches they can get, in the shambles that they're in, to be able to get that guy in, I think is a successful feat. But at the same time, man, that guy has a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, that's, it reminds me somewhat of, of Benitez at, at Newcastle. It's just whether Everton's going to give him the money that he wants. And I honestly, I don't think they will. They spent... You know, over the past two seasons, we've spent so much money. At the beginning of the season, you look at the team on paper and you go, you know, those are some decent moves. They should at least be challenging for, for Europa League. But I, mean, I felt it last year, and then I saw some of the signings they made this summer, and I thought, oh, yeah, they can actually challenge this year. And, and it just hasn't been that way. And I know that when a manager like Ancelotti comes in and, and plays a completely different style to to their predecessors and, and what they had already established, um, they always want money, but I, I don't think they're going to give it to them. I don't think they have anything left. And obviously, you need things like this. Even just the progression into the fourth round gets you money. And they might have been telling them, you know, you win this game, and uh, and you can put that straight into the, the transfer budget. So I think it was this has this loss has a much bigger effect than, than we could even 
fathom right now. I think that inside the boardroom right now, they're going nuts. But um, outside of that, we we did see – we got to see Minamino. I know Chris touched on it a little bit. Jamie, how did you feel that our new Japanese uh, forward did for us? I think he done pretty well, um, considering, <laughs> you know, this is what, like third day at work, second day at work, something <laughs> yeah, like that? Yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I thought he, he was um, – I wouldn't exactly go as far as to call him a bright shining star after that performance, but he, he done pretty pretty all right for his third day on the job, you know? Like, uh, I think he's got 22 passes – or, or, sorry, 22 attempted passes, 18 complete, and 17 in their half. So that's – I mean, he didn't do – too much wrong he just didn't you know he didn't bag a hat trick you know what i mean it's not like that's not gonna happen every day so like he done pretty well yeah i felt, I felt similar also I, you know he comes in after playing us twice in, in the champions league and uh and then he gets thrown out with this team and he's probably thinking where the hell is Mane and Salah? that's why i came to play with <laughs> he's had a month off like as well so he, he's probably out of shape a wee bit that's true. I didn't, didn't even give that a thought. Um, yeah, so. I think it's going to be more of him like getting used to the style of play, too. I mean, it was pretty clear when you watch the game that, you know, he was just not used to the way of things. I know that club praised how fast he's learned in a, like a quick, you know, short amount of time. But, I mean, you can kind of tell we watch this team every day. Heck, I watch some games over and over again especially like the good ones. But, um, I mean, you can kind of tell where the ball should go, where the movement should be and stuff like that. And he, he was not totally there, but you know he's going to get there uh, with this coaching staff. And that's when he's going to be really dangerous. And you have to bear in mind, you know, when he's playing along Mane and Salah, his life is going to be a lot easier than, you know, playing along again with, you know, with Elliot and like Divock. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, I guess, too, when we're talking about squad rotations and and putting the different pieces in and kind of him getting his own feet, obviously we've got uh, Man United and, and Newcastle – sorry, not Newcastle, Tottenham coming up, um, and the Wolves right after that, a couple of tough games. I know that Tottenham sort of have slowed down after their, their little bump that they got with signing Mourinho, but – Saw Milner go go down pretty early and and cut the uh, average age in half after he went off. But is that I know that we saw Ox come in and, and I think it definitely surprised me. It sounds like it surprised Chris as well. I honestly thought that he was still injured. Hadn't really heard any updates from Klopp. I think Klopp kind of kept that in his back pocket for the game. Um, so that was nice to see. Are we? Do we think that these players are good enough to? to play in those positions. I mean, even um, LaRue and, and Williams are, is this somebody that we'd be willing to turn to if we needed them against Tottenham and, and Man United? I mean, I know that this was Everton's full strength team, but it's still Everton. Um, Jamie, do you think that these guys could slot in for us? I mean, I guess we can go around the horn and, and see how you guys feel, but we'll start with Jamie. I guess against United right now, I, I wouldn't be too phased if, if after watching those kids tonight and, you know, even pre-season, like some of them looked looked just the perfect cutouts of, of Andy Robertson and Trent and young Nico Williams and, and uh, LaRucci today were fantastic. Like, so 
I'd be all right. I mean, I wouldn't do I wouldn't do both of them. It'd be nice to have one or one or either. And um, I don't know, like definitely the midfield because the midfield's short now. It was obviously like Chris said, great to see Ox back, but um, Curtis Jones, I think he could do a, a decent job. Like he he's shown that against Everton. Obviously, he's a, a local lad, so he, he knows the rivalry. And and the same goes for United. Like I think he would turn a lot of heads in the United game. Like his his drive to get to every ball is, is he was he was brilliant today. Brilliant. Yeah, definitely definitely deserved uh deserved to, to be the guy in the middle to with the movements and and uh earned the standing ovation they got at the end that where he was brought off and you know, Klopp gives him that at the end there. Um Tamuchin, how about you? Do you think that that you would feel comfortable slotting these guys into into the team when needed? Uh, not really. I don't think so. I mean, I feel like especially if we keep our momentum in the league and if we keep advancing the Champions League down the road, you can kind of like you know afford to have them out there and take that risk. But I mean, Larucci, I think is great going forward, but. I mean, we watched the preseason game together, the game we went to uh, to Notre Dame Stadium, and we even said it then. I think it's still still the same. He does let a lot of people behind him, uh, where like defensively. I thought Nico was actually really impressive, but I don't know if they're that ready yet. I mean, these kids play great. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to like you know like diminish their accomplishment they did today, but in the grand scheme of things and you know it's not like Everton is such a bad team we're like oh it's Everton they're gonna play good I mean this is you know Everton is they have like a lot of quality players in that squad right Uh, but I think you know playing against like in the Premier League against a team like Tottenham and United and you know obviously we talk shit about United all the time but I mean I would not want him keeping an eye on like Rashford or somebody like that for example with the speed and everything like that and like I say both these kids are great and they're gonna improve and only gonna get better I just think they're not ready for that yet. I mean, we're obviously all of us are, and any fan should be extremely pleased with what we saw today. I mean, because partially because we didn't expect it. I know I didn't expect it. I didn't expect, especially dominance in the second half that we had. I did not. A good score, maybe you can hope for, but the dominance that we had in the second half, definitely not. But at the end of the day, you know, a couple of those chances they had in the first half, if they kind of convert them. It could have been like the Villa game, and I don't know if everybody, like everybody, has the same tone now, where you know these kids are about to like take over the Premier League as well. I think you kind of have to kind of like gauge it, and I'm sure Klopp will keep these guys grounded and say, "See, you're gonna get your chances. Keep working, keep improving, and like I say, maybe down the road, if we keep this, you know, 13 point, 15 point, 18 point lead up." Uh, and continue in the Champions League, we might be able to use these kids to rest the starters before like a Champions League match and stuff like that. But like right now, I just would not risk him out there. Chris, how about you? Um, I think Curtis Jones is probably the closest. And I mean, and that's already been proven with Klopp already bringing him in in the Premier League for some... Uh, for some cleanup time at the end of a match. I think after that, probably Harvey Elliott. I mean, being, you know, on the right wing there, he probably has the least amount of defensive responsibilities, which I think with the younger guys, that's probably going to be all of their biggest weaknesses is the physicality and the and playing defense. 
I mean, Curtis Jones has showed he can be physical with anybody. Uh, I, I I thought he gave him hell all day today. Um, you know, I mean, it, it was proof at the end of the match when you know he was constantly getting fouled and fouled and fouled because he was beating everybody off the ball, and he was out physicaling everyone. Uh, I think uh, you know I want to see more from him, but I think that uh, Shiravella. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, I don't think he's quite ready yet, but I mean, today, you know, he's playing in the center of the park and he had 90 touches and he was dispossessed once. So, I mean, I, I think that says a lot. Yeah, that's he and he and Nico Williams played really well. I mean, Nico had 94 touches, but, uh, you know, he, I think these guys are really close. I think they're a lot of them are really close, but you know I agree. Like they're until things are wrapped up, you know I don't think that you know they're really ready for Premier League games. You know in a in a cup game like this where really you know if we lose we lose, but you know it's no big deal. But the the three points is ultimately the most important thing every week, and until those no longer matter. Which, you know, I feel like uh, I feel like Klopp's gonna want to break Pep's record, so uh, I really don't see these guys getting too much game time. But I, I think as each year, you know, if they're not out on loan, I think it's just gonna increase more and more every year until we're transitioning into this being our starting team in the next, you know, six years. And I think another thing to bear in mind is, you know, you were Gordon, you were talking earlier about, you know, like having the pressure being on Everton today. And in reverse of that, I think these kids had no pressure at all. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. like go out there and play your game, play the way we play, do the right things, whatever happens, happens. And that's kind of, you know, kind of showed in their flow and the confidence and how they handle the ball. I don't know if you would have the same reaction when they're thrown in a game like that against, you know, like a Tottenham United. Mind you, Trent was. I mean, that's how he started. If I remember right, he started against United. Uh, yeah, right. Right? Yeah, yep. so, I mean, it, it's possible. I just feel like, you know, kind of like changes the equation. As young, I mean, we forget how young these freaking kids are. My daughter is older, which shows how old freaking I am, I guess, in a way. But <laughs> it's also, like, you know, amazing that how old, how young these kids are. They're like 16, 17, 18-year-old kids. Regardless of how well they're trained and you know how well they're handled, that is still going to be some pressure coming into a Premier League game. Whereas today was just like an ideal scenario to go out there and play football and have fun and do what's right and whatever happens, happens. Agreed. Well, then, sort of a, a good transition into away from the FA Cup and back into the league. Talked about um, how these kids are are prime to at least maybe take a take a 80 75 minute cameo or whatever at the end of the game just to see us over the line um but what a, what an absolute run we're on it i know that we talked about pep or uh Klopp trying to beat pep's record at the moment we're actually exactly the same as, as they were um after 20 games so 19 wins and, and one draw on the back half of the season City drew three times and lost twice. It currently, right now, even if, if Leicester were to win the remaining 18 games, uh, we would only need to win 13 to win the league. Um, and so we've got that extra game in hand as well. How, 
how are you guys feeling? I mean, do you think that do you think that we can kind of take our foot off the gas? Do you want to see him win 13 in a row and just and lift the cup? Jamie, let, we'll start with you. 13, mate. Let's. I'm I'm counting them down already. Like it's as simple as that. Um, <laughs> I haven't said it yet, but uh, I'm 13 and counting. That's that's where I stand. I'm I'm happy as Larry there, and and nothing will change my mind because. You've been there. You you've tasted a, a defeat so so many times, and it's like, well, you know, what's the point in living if you if you're if you're not behind this team? Like they they turn you into believers, and like uh, just what a ride they're they're bringing us all on. Like it, it's mental. Um, so you're you're talking about the invincibles, like we <laughs> we're the unbearables, and oh god, unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, you think we're bad now? Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> I, you know, this this team though, I just feel like they, I've never, I'm never worried about them. I know that we in a while ago now, but we we did some podcasts after like the Southampton game and the Newcastle game where where they both came to Anfield and scored first, and, and none of us ever felt worried that we were just going to close the deal at the end of the day. I mean, even some of these were were tied in the last couple of minutes is, you know, 80 minutes clocks in and then you see a Rigi taking off his track suit and you're like, ah, you know, game's over. I can turn this off and go back to bed. But it's, it's, it feels really, really good to me. And I know that they were, there were some statistics that were talking, they were taking everybody's current form and how they were accumulating points per game. And it looks like there's a possibility if things pan out evenly, which they never do, especially in the Premier League. But, we could close the league out against Everton at Goodison Park in March, which would be the fastest that anybody's ever closed out the league, and it would just be bittersweet to do it across Stanley Park. Timujin, does it even bother you where we do it, or do you, would you want it to, to happen at Everton? Uh, not really, man. The sooner the better. I really don't care where it is. <laughs> it's more of like when it is, the sooner the better. Um and I know, like Jamie said, because you kind of like tasted that disappointment in the past and, you know, like coming up short at times and stuff like that, that I don't know. I mean, I see online, you know, some people are like, oh, we got this. And they're like, don't jinx it. It's like just going back and forth. Like, you know, not that our Facebook post is going to affect the result at all. But I feel like, you know, us as Liverpool fans are probably the only fans who feel like it's not a done deal yet. You talk to any other team's fans, they're like, I know what you guys are worried about. You guys already have this. And I'm with Jamie. I'm I'm counting down. I mean, it's 13. Hopefully it'll be 12 and then 11. And that's with, like you're saying, like assuming that, you know, like our opponents have won every game that they have. And yeah, yeah I mean, like, just, just keep winning and get there. I feel like these next three fixtures are like, you know, kind of like the tough ones. Once we come out of these, I think I will join the bandwagon and say we got this as well. And that's when, I mean, that's like an interesting conversation by itself. I think do, does club kind of go after that record or, you know, knowing him and he, he always talks about like thinking of the players before anything else. Does he start giving these guys rest and stuff like that? And like kind of like do more of a rotation, especially with Champions League games uh, coming in uh, what is like February 18th, I think the first one is. Uh, so, yeah, the sooner the better. It really doesn't matter where it's at to me. It would be sweet to have it against, like, Everton or, like, maybe, like, City. Uh, but, yeah, just just get the title. I don't care where it's at. You, br- you brought up a good point. You know, we, we might be the only fan base that isn't, isn't counting out 
the possibility of it not happening. Chris, when you were looking back at, at the 2017-18 city team and you we just passed the new year and they were, you know, 20 or 19 wins in, in one draw. I mean, I, I know for a fact that I was had already considered them the league champions. When you, what do you think it is about it? Is it the just the history of Liverpool or do you think it's that you can never it, there's some superstition in sports and just can't say it's a done deal yet. <laughs> well, you know, I I'm never going to say it's a done deal. I mean, that's uh and until it's mathematically there because uh well, mainly, you know, I'm I'm here in Texas. I grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan, so you know, you guys have obviously probably seen that. Um <laughs> but, you know, that and the entire fan base has been around for the Gerard slip. It's a, uh, you know, and then obviously last year, you know, getting 97 points. Uh, I do know in that 2017-18 season, you know, I, I wrote it off around then. I mean, which honestly, it made those couple victories over City in the second half of the year even better. I mean, we were their first loss in the league. And then also smashing them in the Champions League. That that was like the kind of like the the for me that was like the biggest victory of the year was you know knocking them getting to knock them down a notch. Uh, I I think around December I thought they were going to win every single trophy. I didn't think anything was going to stop them. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's a good point. I mean, it does it did put a huge target on City's back, and as the games start to Windle down, the target gets bigger and bigger, and even some of these clubs, you know, like the struggling clubs will come in there thinking that they've got absolutely nothing to lose. Everyone thinks Liverpool is going to go away with three points. Let's just go and make something happen. Do you do you foresee any slip? Do you think that we're going to lose a game, Jamie, or do you do you just think it's going to be more of the same in the second half of the season, or do you foresee a potential at least one slip up? I don't foresee any slip ups. I don't. I don't see any. I think dropping points for us is a draw at absolute worst. I mean, we done it against United on a bad day, and it was a terrible day for them too. Like it, I don't know. It, I just don't see us losing, and for us to lose five games to let anybody within with a sniffing of us, um, I don't know. I don't see it. Um, we we made Leicester. Our, our second best team in the league look like Muppets and I mean I mean 4-0 was maybe a bit uh, gratifying for us because we, we kind of ran away with it towards the end but I mean one draw all season I, you just have to you have to pinch yourself it's, it's crazy like Arsenal already had in their invincible season at this stage they probably they probably drew six or seven times <laughs> like it's unbelievable yeah, that's, well, I think what did what did they finish the season with? Was it eleven draws, wasn't it, or something like that? Somewhere they, it was like eight or eight or nine yeah, draws. Yeah, yeah, I think it was eleven. I think you were right the first time. So it's possibility. It's definitely a possibility. I think that really the only people worried are is the fans. I really feel like the the culture that Klopp has has built in the dressing room on the training pitch. Uh, with his staff, even, you know, the kit ladies, I don't think there's any tension at Melwood, at Kirby, 
at Anfield. I think really the the only worry is is through the fans. It's just it seems like everybody is so relaxed. I mean, I I know that Jamie had joked a while ago about Divac Origi just always having the same expression. You know, he scores two twice against Barcelona, and uh, he looks the same as if he's just you know eating eating dinner at, at, in the hall. And I I just think that he Klopp has chosen players. Either he makes them calm just by the way that he holds himself or holds practice, or he just finds those players that are so calm under pressure. But um, I don't know. Do we want to go around? And is there anything that anybody else wants to talk about? Tamuchin, did you have anything that? to add or Jamie you want to add something that I, that I may have forgot or missed I did have one crazy stat did you hear about Minamino having the world record anyone hear this he has a he has a Guinness Book of World Records for, for 187 high fives in a minute what <laughs> <laughs> yep I swear to God. Dude, get the heck out of here. You just made that up. I <laughs> swear on my life. I said it at the bar today. All the boys said the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I swear on my life. So Google it. It, it, it was uh, the 14th of January, 2014. Dude, I'm Googling um, as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was at some shopping center, and uh, he just, like, ran and slapped everybody's hand. Who's even who even Maybe he didn't run. I don't know. That is crazy. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that was the deciding factor on why Klopp got him. Yeah, that's what <laughs> probably does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, do you have anything you want to add or any any crazy stats like that? Anybody else have a good for the world I will throw out there in that uh, 03-04 Invincible season for Arsenal, they only had 26 wins and 12 draws. Okay. 12 draws. 12 Dude. draws. So, I mean, wow. that's – I mean, like, by what's funny is by Liverpool standards today, that would be miserable for us. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. Like, only 26 wins in a season, that's that, that that's almost unacceptable sounding. That's mid-table. <laughs> yeah, like that—that—that's unacceptable sounding. And so, yeah, like t- to me, I think that this team is far and away better than that Invincibles team. Uh, do we have any players like better than Thierry Henry? Maybe not, but I mean, I think Mane could hang with him. Uh, but yeah, that. And uh, I think I think we need to get the guys from Guinness down to Anfield to see if we can get a world record for clock for hugs during a football match. <laughs> I think that's like an amazing stat, by the way. I mean, it kind of shows what City and Liverpool have kind of like pushed the Premier League to be with like the ridiculous, you know, like the form like City has had over the last couple of years and now us. I mean, and I think that kind of helps the team. I mean, both teams started the year thinking, you can't even draw. you got to win every freaking game because the other team is going to win. And I think that kind of helps us now. First of all, we have won almost every freaking single game. So that gives that confidence. And I think, you know, aside from that confidence, almost like I know when I watch games now, and I hate to say this because, you know, you guys know me. I'm the worrier, you know. And But, you know, I watch with a lot more confidence and calmness because even the draw is not the end of the world now with the point we have and like the form we have 
Whereas, I mean, the beginning of the season, that's how both teams kind of started thinking you have to win every game. I mean, yeah, 20, what do you say, 26 wins? Yeah, that would not get you very far right now uh, against a team like Liverpool or even like against City. You would think even the second will be above that point, right, this year? Like, whoever is following us, you know, and somebody's going to be following us, somebody has to be second. Uh, you know, I, you would think they would have more points than that. Because what is that? I mean, obviously they have 12 draws too, but you would think, you know, on the city collapse continues, they would at least get close to that mark that was at that point unbelievable. I mean, that is a 90 point season though. So, I mean, that, that, that's still, that's still really impressive, but with the way that city and we have been playing, you know, that, 90 points is, you know, it'll get you in the Champions League, but that's the only guarantee you're going to get with it nowadays. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like what we had. That's been set is just amazing by these two teams. And I think that's why, you know, it's kind of like Klopp always talks about this. It's kind of helps make Liverpool a lot better team and kind of like push the team to be a lot better. And that's confidence man it just carries on and this momentum like jamie says i mean i don't foresee anything happening i mean it's football something can happen and a bad game by a couple or a mistake by one but i just don't see this team as good as they are as disciplined as they are especially with club in charge you know just losing this lead that they've established just don't see it but it ain't over till it's over and the countdown is 13. <laughs> We are we are a, a group of pessimistic. And I think we've all been trained as yes, Liverpool yeah. fans. I thought I was going to be the only one. I'm glad you guys are on board with this. <laughs> no, it's, it's, but it's so funny because all all of us are like, yeah, I don't I don't see any foreseeable slips and everything looks good. And they're like, but it's not over. It's, like, <laughs> it's such a Liverpool fan thing to do. <laughs> It's like everything that we're saying. It all points to the fact that you know this is probably going to be our year, but none of us get, none of us really want to reach out and grab it because we don't want it being ripped away from us. Yeah, like I say, if we after these three games, I feel like this is kind of like the toughest stretch when you look at the rest of the schedule. At least in a, if you look at like you know in three game slices, if you will, I think this is the toughest stretch. We come out of this, you know, I'll be the first one to jump off and say we got it. Yeah, I think I think you're right because I mean I even looked at the last stretch in terms of I mean it was three games in seven days it was Leicester Wolves and Sheffield Sheffield at the beginning of the season I I wouldn't have considered that a, a difficult game to play but they had given us such a problem the last time I played them and then obviously Wolves had just come off beating City and then Leicester being number two I thought that this would be our, our toughest stretch but we did pretty well so I can only hope that we do the exact same here and, and just continue these three game stretches and. Before you know it, it's going to be ours. So, anybody else want to say anything before we sign off here? I just, uh, just as we were talking, one of my mates has just sent me probably the funniest thing I've seen all day. It's Curtis Jones' Wikipedia page. <laughs> Curtis Julian Jones, an English footballer who plays as a midfielder for Premier League club Liverpool, is widely regarded as the best footballer of all time. He made the toffee <laughs> pigs look like school children all day long. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it has to be so painful to be an Everton fan right now. <laughs> they should know that. 
And just one more thing. I heard a great one. I don't know if there was a reporter standing beside Pickford as he was walking down the tunnel and Curtis Jones was right beside him. And Pickford just mumbled to him, good cross, mate, and kept walking. (laughs) (laughs) Like the banter is just unreal. Like (laughs) good cross. He put that in the top corner. Unbelievable. (laughs) Uh, Can't live with it. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys for, for signing on. Um, as always, if you haven't signed on to our uh, Facebook page yet, please do. It's LFC America. And we also have our own Facebook page, AmericanScouser.com, uh, as well as our blog, where we will be posting um, all the blog pieces with our new members. And uh, if you have any questions, always reach out. We'll get back to you. If you have Anything you want to add or uh, if you want to join the team, please contact or reach out to one of us. I uh, would be more than happy to, to bring you guys on. But um, it looks all sunshine and, and rainbows for right now. So um, I'll sign off for now. But hopefully uh, next time that we talk, it will be another three points.